What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Anu Talk Show, turning business dreams into lasting legacies, one conversation at a time. There is a simple way to run your online business while living the life of your dreams. This is a podcast where we keep the conversation real, fun, and authentic, and show you what it really takes to build, grow, and scale your online business to six figures and beyond. I am your host, Anuraja, your marketing and business mentor, helping brilliant female leaders to leverage their zone of genius and sell their high-ticket services using video marketing and simple sales strategies. I am so happy that you are here, so let's dive into today's episode. We are so excited that you are here on our podcast and talk show. Why don't we start with you introducing yourself to our community? Yeah, so hi, I'm Rita. I help people use their heartbreak to transform their lives and to learn to marry themselves first. So I do that by helping people rewire their subconscious beliefs to help them get to the goals that they want and to let go of their ex and certain attachments. I love that. Yesterday, I had a hypnotherapy session with Rita. Uh, friends, uh, run to Rita, okay? Run, because she's so amazing. I felt like yesterday, it was so good. I was, after that, I was thinking about the belief. I was thinking, okay, what can I do to actually rewire my brain? But also, you know, I already did the hypnotherapy sessions before using YouTube, YouTube videos or TikTok videos. But how you did that, it felt so personal because when you actually did the hypnotherapy session with me, hearing my name, I was like, who's talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like afraid that someone gets so deep in a trance that they fall asleep. But it's never happened yet. So that's why I have to like put in people's names to make sure they're up and that they're alert. So it was good. I was like, I hope she doesn't fall asleep on me. But then I was like, oh, repeat this affirmation. And you repeated it. I was like, okay, great. She's not asleep. <laughs> it was when you said my name, it felt so personal. And I felt like, I don't know. I felt like this, this energy in my brain. And I hope, like, I know this would change so many people's life and so many subconscious rewiring. Why don't we actually go deeper into hypnotherapy and how you are actually helping someone to rewire their subconscious mind? Yeah, so how hypnotherapy works is, um, I'll give an example. Like, say you have this affirmation, like you'll say this a hundred times in the mirror, like I'm worthy, I'm worthy, like a hundred times. But the problem is with repeating affirmations without being in a trance or being in hypnosis is that your logical mind is involved and it's like this inner chatterbox. And so what your logical mind does, even though it's maybe good for your day-to-day -day job and to analyze stuff, your logical mind is like, hmm, is Anu really worthy? Because in third grade, this happened. When in college, this happened. This experience happened. So your logical mind is like fact-checking and looking at past experiences, past memories, past beliefs and fact checking this new belief. And so in hypnosis, what we do is we get you in a deeply relaxed state where you're still conscious, but your logical mind isn't as involved. So think of your logical mind as this barrier between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. And so what we do in hypnosis, is we relax the logical mind and try to remove that barrier so that these newer, more positive beliefs can get into your subconscious. And so that's how hypnosis works and you're actually more in control of your mind 
because you're incorporating these beliefs that you want to incorporate instead of being so limited based on your past and your past events and past experiences. Mm -hmm. How about someone who doesn't know their limiting beliefs? Because I remember there was a time I was saying all the time, all those affirmations. I love myself. I am so worthy. <laughs> <laughs> like every single day in the mm. mirror, I was looking in my eyes. I'm like, you are the freaking badass woman, you know? <laughs> I feel like, like I did that because in the, mm. especially as an entrepreneur, you watch videos, right? You look up to other people and how they do it. Then they recommend you work on your mindset to like this mirror stuff, look at yourself and tell yourself all those beliefs or all those affirmations. But back then I didn't know like my limiting beliefs or mm. I didn't know the past experience that actually triggered me to believe that I am not worthy enough, right? So let's say someone is coming to you and they are not aware of their limiting beliefs, right? How would you help them to actually, un how to say it, like uh, uncover mm. those beliefs? Yeah, so one way is to do a STEM completion challenge. So that is like have, like just saying like a beginning of a sentence and for you, your audience is entrepreneurs. So it would be something like money is, and then they'd complete the end of the sentence. And like, I tell them, don't get your mind involved. Just say whatever comes to your head. Um, getting new clients is whatever's ending. And you can do the same thing with relationships. Like love is, finding the right person is, um, getting married is, and then whatever pops in your head is like what you actually believe. But I think people are ashamed of what they believe in. And so they're like, I want to say love is difficult, but then I know this, 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 like literally just say whatever pops in your head because that's what you really believe. Um, another way to know what you actually believe in is to examine your actions. So let's say you're like looking in the mirror a hundred times saying, I'm confident, I'm an amazing public speaker. Then you notice when you get in front of people, you're like, oh my God, I have butterflies in my stomach. I'm so anxious. Like, it's so scary. Like your body is a reflection of your subconscious. So look at what your, how your body's reacting, look at your actions, because that determines what you actually believe in. So doing the STEM completion challenge, um, and also just examining what your body is reacting and not feeling ashamed of it. So I also do um, a ton of belief work and self-hypnosis, and I also have to hire a hypnotherapist too. Even though I have all these tools and techniques, like it's so important to hire other people. And I was like, I have all these tools and techniques and I still hire people because that's important to have like a third person's perspective. So I think it's also important to get a coach, even if you're like, I don't really know what my beliefs are, like having a third person's perspective, like, okay, this is what your beliefs are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference? Like you mentioned self-hypnosis, right? Um, how do you, like, what's the difference between that and a normal hypnosis with a coach? Um, so with self-hypnosis, so I teach all my clients self-hypnosis. So like how to get into like a trance state. So there's different ways you can get into a trance state. Mm -hmm. um, and you can like repeat certain affirmations while you're in like a deep trance state. So with, um, when you're doing hypnosis with someone else, you can just get much more deeper because there's ways that you can reverse um, certain 
emotions regarding like a past event, like a traumatic event. Whereas you can't really do that on yourself. Sometimes you need someone to guide you through like deeper stuff. And that's where a coach is really important. Um, like I couldn't personally do that in myself unless I recorded myself. And that's just like a, it's just tedious to just record myself. And even then I don't know what exactly I'm going to say or what comes up because all this is from your subconscious and you really don't know what comes up. So it's really important to have someone guide you. But self-hypnosis is great. Like doing morning and night, like if you have a particular goal, like on or before this day, I make a hundred thousand dollars. And you know, like this is the particular goal. And so getting yourself in a trance state repeating that particular affirmation and I tailor this with my clients and also the imagery is super important it's like getting in touch with the images of like you know this is what my goal is and getting in touch with those feelings and you're like I'm already feeling like I'm on a beach I'm remote I'm making a hundred k so getting in touch with those feelings you can all do that in self-hypnosis but doing something deeper like reversing trauma um, highly emotional stuff is something I recommend working with a coach with Mm, okay so you are also working with um people who are looking for a relationship or they are realizing that they are attracting the same toxic people and um, they are coming to you because they want to actually work on themselves to mm -hmm. attract better right and i remember your concept marrying yourself first which mm -hmm. i love so much i mean all even hearing these three words it's like yes i am i marrying i am marrying myself first so how did you come up with this concept because i love it and i think we want to know your story behind this concept yeah so since i was 18 i was in long-term relationships up until 26 which is crazy so most of my 20s i was in long-term relationships and i just felt like I was using other people to get validation. And I was just attracting the wrong people and being with people for the wrong reasons. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I was like, oh, okay, that's definitely what I was doing. And then um, 24, I got married. And then by 26, I was already divorced. <laughs> and so I just realized that I stayed in a relationship because of fear. Um, and because I was afraid that I would lose someone and I'd lose love. And so the concept of marrying yourself first, as it sounds, is like learning how to love yourself first so that you're not with the, a certain person for the wrong reasons. And it doesn't just apply to like romantic stuff, but also friendships. I felt like this concept has really allowed me to have more thriving friendships, which is really what I needed after um, my divorce. So it's really like uncovering the layers in which like layers that are preventing you from loving yourself. And once you start marrying yourself first and like rewiring the beliefs, like I'm unworthy, I'm not deserving of love, then you're more likely to attract the right person and you're less likely to tolerate like bullshit from other people because you believe you're worthy. So what do you think is actually preventing a lot of people from loving themselves? Um, I think the major belief is I'm not good enough. Oh, go I, learned that, I learned that in my hypnotherapy training and I was like, you know, my brain's like, of course I believe I'm good enough. Like I did all this work. And then I realized um, just through my actions. Mm -hmm. So I would just take a step back. Mm 
there's different ways people you either comply to that belief i'm not good enough like oh i'm not good enough so i'm not going to do anything with my life or you compensate for it and that's me like overachieve like i'm going to do all this stuff i'm going to go to this school i'm going to get this job to prove that i am good enough and even after achieving a goal i still feel like shit you know so you either comply to it and a lot of overachievers compensate for it and I was just compensating for it. And I was like, of course I'm good enough. Like I worked at Microsoft, I got this degree, like, but then once I left my corporate job and I remember I was in San Francisco at the time and I left my corporate job and, you know, in San Francisco and tech people were like, so what do you do? And I was trying to figure out what I was doing. And I tied my identity so much to my work. And I just, in the moment, like, I don't feel like I'm good enough, but it's because I was compensating it for all these material and external things. So the major belief is I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and you either comply to it, like, you know, I'm not good enough, so I'm not gonna do anything with my life or I'm just gonna, people said I'm not good enough, so I'm not gonna try. Or you compensate for it. I'm assuming if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> you're an entrepreneur, you may be compensating for it because you're ambitious. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. <laughs> It used to be me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have to add, I know, like I, I'm also an overachiever or I want to say ex-overachiever. And I know I started this business because back then I didn't feel good enough and I wanted to start this business and show back then to other people how worthy I am to make more money, how worthy I am to work for myself, how worthy I am to have this freedom. Like, a lot of things go, went back to actually seeking for external validation from people who couldn't give it to me because I didn't give it to myself first. Mm. And it's now it's like, I don't want to overachieve. Mm. <laughs> I just want to have this freedom. I love what I do. I love helping people. I love impacting and I don't know. It's not like has the day. I feel like when you also work on that, especially now talking to entrepreneurs, when you feel good enough, you don't have this inner belief that you need to hustle. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I did the work, especially last year, it's what it was like a spiritual journey up and down, up and down. I feel like I came to the conclusion you don't need to hustle. But before that, I was working weekends, I was working late nights i was saying no to dinner dates because i needed to work but now i'm like yeah, okay i'm more spontaneous yes okay and it's it also gives you the feeling like you receive more mm, yeah and you know it was interesting when i started my healing journey before quitting i remember i was really one part of me was afraid to heal because i was like i'm not going to be as ambitious anymore i tied my identity so much to my ambition and i was like who am I if I'm not ambitious? And I was like, if I heal, then like I'm not gonna be ambitious and I don't know who I am. And but the interesting thing is like as I did start healing, I became less ambitious, but it felt more freeing. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel like I was tying like my energy behind working wasn't the same. Like I wasn't working just to make like, okay, money is great. Like I wasn't working just to make like a shit ton of money and to prove people I'm amazing. I was now, now I'm working because I just want freedom. I just want flow in my life. And the energy behind in which you do something is so important. Um, 
like I just don't get as burnt out and I can like keep going on a certain path and not quit because I have a better reason for it. It's not external. It's like, I want personal freedom and I just want to be in flow. And it's like something more internal and less of like, I want this material thing and I want people to compliment me and tell me I'm good enough. And so it's interesting that as I started healing, my reasons for doing something just shifted. So I feel like this marrying yourself first, it's not only related to the relationship, it's actually related to your whole life, no matter mm -hmm. which aspect, right? Yeah, so, exactly. I don't know if this is a deep question, but something that sparked curiosity, you said before you started your spiritual journey, you were asking yourself, who am I? And mm -hmm. I had the feeling you tied your identity to work, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you now after your journey and going through the journey? Like when someone... It's hard. Yeah. That's a hard I... question. It's a deep philosophical question. <laughs> Who am I? I think I'm constantly, I think I'm constantly discovering it. Um, someone told me, I was asking this person's question, like, how do you answer it? Who am I? And so who am I is like something that is true and it doesn't change, right? Who are you? And what doesn't change is like, your soul, like that exists like throughout, like if you pass away, like once you leave your physical body, your soul still exists. And so what is that? Like you're an observer, like that's really what we are. If you want to answer, who am I? It's an observe, you're an observer. You're observing like everything that's going on. And I remember I got that answer from him and I was like, I'm just so unsatisfied with that answer. I'm so in the hustle mode, like I wanna do, I'm not simply here just to observe, but I think, um, I guess that's answering it in like a more philosophical, deeper way, but I'm constantly discovering who am I? Because when you're rewiring your subconscious beliefs, you're just uncovering the layers and conditioning you built your entire life. So you're constantly discovering who you are. And I realized, back then when I was constantly searching for who I am, I wasn't happy with my life because once I was living in bliss and once I was happy, I wasn't questioning who am I, I was just being. I wasn't questioning all that kind of stuff. So I question less of who am I and I don't question my purpose as much. It's like, what is my purpose in life? Because once I was I'm happy and I'm in flow and I'm in bliss, I'm not asking those questions. And I realized like once when I was in corporate and I was like, fuck, I don't like this job. I was asking those like existential questions was once I was like in flow and in bliss and like enjoying my life, I was just being, and I didn't have time. I didn't care to think of who am I? Cause I was like, I'm happy with like the present moment. Is this good or is it bad? Like do, you, like, do you think to question who am I in a happy state? Is it good or do you think it, it, it is bad? Um, I don't think anything is good or bad. <laughs> like going with that. I, I don't think most things in life are good or bad. Like some people are seekers. Like I'm a seeker, but I realized me questioning who am I and my purpose was unproductive for me. It was making me stay so much in my head and preventing me from taking action because I was like, hmm, I shouldn't do this thing because what if it's not aligned with my purpose and I don't know what my purpose is. So I think if it's preventing you from taking certain action, then that may not be so great 
I don't know if I can answer, is it good or bad to question who are you when you're in like a happy state? Maybe we should do that. I cannot remember, but I think um, you are right, especially when you go through a tough moment in life, a tough season, everything is breaking. Yes, you will question, mm -hmm. what the heck am I doing? Why is everything going wrong? What should I do, right? But maybe we should also think about why not asking these questions? Oh, it's the happy life. It's going great. What is going great? You know, who mm -hmm. am I while having a life that feels fulfilled and feels like it is what it is what I want? I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. we are in this negative situations easier to question our whole existence. Yeah. And also think about okay, why not actually asking these questions when we are happy, when we are fulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. but That's fair. I wanted to um, show you a book. Maybe you read that. It's The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond wow. Yourself from Michael S. A. Singer. This book is actually talking about who am I. So, Oh, nice. I'll check it out. I've seen, I um, know he wrote the book Surrender Experiment, where it's like he, his entire life, he was just surrendering and just saying yes to things. And it was interesting. I didn't read the entire book. I'm pretty bad with books. Like I don't read the entire book. So like I recommend books to people, but then they're like, okay, so what happened to that? I was like, fuck, I didn't read the entire thing. <laughs> so I'm like the worst book recommender, but it is a good book. But I don't think my recommendation, <laughs> they're like, wait, it's a good book, but you didn't finish it. What's up? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that's okay. But I read that yeah. several times. I can recommend to that. It's I yeah, going back to you were saying like asking who am I when you're happy I think most people know what makes them sad and what like is when they're negative they're like they're, their main negative emotions like I can tell you my main negative emotions like anxiety worry but when I ask people about like happiness and like what makes them happy like what makes them get into like a bliss state like I think people have a harder time answering that and I think also figuring out like why am I blissful in this moment? Like, what about this moment is making me so happy? Is also important because then you can get into that state more often. And I also need to work on that too. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a constant work until you go, until you leave this earth. It's a work that will never actually finish. Um, but there was something I wanted to say. Oh, it was in my head. But I feel like if you work on yourself, right, and if you work on your um, subconscious mind, I feel like this, you would come to a point where you are more, for example, to backtrack, there was a season, like not a season, there were several months where I was depressed, where I had anxiety, where I didn't know what I wanted to do. But since working on myself, but also rewiring my subconscious mind, Nine out of 10 times, I feel like I know what I want. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm happy. I feel like I'm fulfilled because I started to do the deep inner work, especially the healing work and also accepting the past. I think a lot of people, they are conditioned to think like their past. Um, I want to go back mm -hmm. to uh, uh, saying uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I'm pretty sure you know him. Um, he also says, like, if you are always thinking in your past, you are more depressed because your past mm -hmm. didn't go how you wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 
I, I like the accept when you mentioned accepting the past. And also I just think of like when I when I'm suffering, it's when I'm attached to expectations and when I'm attached to ideas of what I think my life should look like. Instead of accepting like this is what it is and I can change it instead of like this is what I want my life to look like and this is where I'm at. And I think once I let go of my attachments to certain things, I don't suffer as much. So to someone who wants to actually start doing the work because they see, they realize they're attracting the same people, they want to have a better relationship, they want to attract mm -hmm. a man who is a provider and protector and no toxic anymore. <laughs> you know, they are aware that they are attracting the same people, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of steps or, yeah, like what kind of work or steps would you recommend someone to start doing in order to work on themselves to attract the relationship that they want? Mm -hmm. Well, it's first, um, it's good that you know what you want first. And two is identifying the beliefs that are preventing you. Um, Sorry, this reminded me of yesterday's call where I showed you, where I showed you what I am expecting from my man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's good to know what you want first. Two, it's like rewiring the beliefs that are preventing you from getting what you want. Um, I mean, not rewiring, identifying the beliefs preventing you from getting what you want. Um, the third thing is I have a master class on December 16th. So Saturday, December 16th, where I go much more deeper into this. Like, if you don't know the beliefs, like how to identify those beliefs, um, like, ways you can start rewiring your beliefs. So I do have that in my masterclass. Um, it takes time to rewire the beliefs and work. it's important to work with someone, but an overview of how to rewire the beliefs is that you need to calm down your logical mind, like the inner chatterbox, which is always like, hmm, is this belief true? Because this past event happened, this past experience happened. So first you have to find a way to calm that down and to like remove this inner chatterbox and then create affirmations tailored to your subconscious. So being in present tense, making it positively stated, for instance, instead of saying like, I don't have fear, because it literally has the word fear in it, say I have courage. So making it positively stated. So tailoring your affirmations and these suggestions to your subconscious. So it's like relaxing your logical mind, tailoring your affirmations so that it integrates with your subconscious mind much more quickly. Yeah, um, I wanted to add that the words that you use every single day, no matter how you talk to other people or how you are talking to yourself, matters a lot when it comes to your subconscious mind, right? Like mm -hmm. now I don't speak a lot of negative words because I know how it impacts my brain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like yeah. if you want to start, this is like the number one thing you need to change in order to change any situation that you're in. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but being aware of that is super important. Being aware of like the people you surround yourself with, the media you consume. Like I also say, stopped watching TV. Like yeah, same. 2020, I stopped watching because I was getting so much anxiety in 2020. So I stopped. I was like, I can't. I feel like I couldn't do anything about it. So I stopped. Um, I also like literally now so that I mentioned like social media. I was like, okay, now I probably should start unfollowing some accounts now <laughs> that are giving me anxiety. Um, so yeah, just 
being careful what you listen to and who you surround yourself with. I think that's like an immediate thing too. If you're like, I want to attract this type of people, like examine the people in your social group and are they helping you get to where you need to go? And sometimes you have to let those people go and it's hard, but it's almost 2024. It's almost a new year. So maybe start cutting and letting go now. <laughs> I think if you understand, like I feel like if you understand your value and your worth and how amazing you are and you see that people are actually draining you or pushing you in like unconsciously you know some people they are not even conscious that they are doing it um often in a negative like in a negative situation it is hard but you have to let go of these people if you want to go to another level because yeah otherwise you will always stay in the same place mm -hmm. Yeah, Rita, it was amazing to have you here. I have like one last question that I ask every podcast guest. Um, if you can go back five years and give your younger version, the younger Rita, one advice, what would it be? Mm, I think surrendering and letting go. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah, you going there. <laughs> So letting go as in like, stop following such a logical plan. Like that was my thing. Like I remember I was like, this is what I'm going to do this year. Like by this time, this period. And I think sometimes just surrendering, letting go and seeing what brings you joy, even though it may not make logical sense career rise or based on your path. I think that is a signal to what you need to do in life or where you should be heading. And I think I was just so stuck in my head. And even now I'm just like stuck in my head or in my head. And I'm like, it's a constant reinforcement of like letting go, especially of my attachments, like what I think my life should look like. Sometimes I just hold on dearly to things and I cling mm -hmm. on to things because I, I tell myself, this is how my life should look like. And sometimes just simply wow, letting go. Like, like, where is it coming from? That how you um, like look like? I think past conditioning, like parent, like, you know, being raised, like you should do this, you should go to school, you should like do X, Y, and Z, like, like that, I think it's just conditioning and like um, how I was raised. I'm like, this is how your life should look like. You know, just society in general of like, this is how your life should be. Like, just work a nine to five, do all this stuff. And then just like, you cling on and, and I um, hold on because I'm like, this is what my life should look like. But then you realize, you know, I'm not happy. Like this doesn't make me happy. And it was like a point in my life where I was like, I feel like I did all the right things and I'm not happy. And I honestly don't know what makes me happy. That's what I'm like, oh, okay, I should start changing. And I think surrendering, letting go and following your bliss and following like, okay, what actually brings me joy and start following that. And I have to remind myself that every day and not be so fixated on the how to get there. Because that will keep you, that keeps me in my head. I know that keeps people in their head too. Of like, I want to do this thing and it seems crazy, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. Trust people, trust. <laughs> and that's why you also need to uh, marry yourself first um, in order to let go all the uh, society conditions that we were born into, that people were telling us until we were, I don't know, 25, that you need to marry 26 and have kids before 30. I'm like, bro, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, I, yeah, and just like marrying yourself versus like thinking, how would you treat yourself if you were talking to your soulmate, or how would you talk to yourself if you were talking to your soulmate? 
oh. you know and I think that's it's like we talk to our friends nicer than we talk to ourselves most of the time and it's like imagining yourself as the soulmate that you always desired and what belief systems would you start having you know if your soulmate was like I'm not worthy like I feel like shit you'd be like no what the fuck you're you're my soulmate like of course you're worthy and deserving of love and all that kind of stuff right and so like how would you talk to yourself and how would you think if you were your own soulmate and that's a big thing of marrying yourself first is imagining that because essentially we are our own soulmate like really we are like love embodied we are love that was the best that was the best ending mic drop okay (laughs) (laughs) seriously like seeing yourself as your own soulmate wow wow Rita it's a practice and that's why you write your subconscious beliefs that prevent you from doing that so friends go and follow Rita how can uh, everyone find you um I'm on Instagram at heal with Rita um and I don't know when this podcast will come out, but on December 16th, I do have a masterclass and there's probably going to be a replay on my link. So you could definitely watch the replay. I go much more deeper into marrying yourself first, how you can do that and how you can work with me. Uh, my DMs are also open. So if you want to chat, ask questions, talk more about the marry yourself concept, I'm more than happy to talk about that. Thank you for joining us today. Before we say goodbye, here is something special for you. Have you heard about our exclusive community, the Generational Wealth Builders? It's not just a group, it's a movement. My mission is to empower first-gen women of color coaches to create generational wealth through sales. We believe that sales is more than just a transaction. It's a spiritual journey. If you are hungry for success, I invite you to become a part of this community full of women of color coaches around the world. Join our weekly email series and gain access to insider tips on sales, messaging and money mindset that can help you to double your high ticket sales in the next 30 days. The link to join this community is in the show notes. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars.